Hello and welcome to Grid Talk, the weekly RC racing podcast with your host myself, Russell Lee, and of course, as always, the fantastic Chris Bowden. How you doing, Chris? I'm all right, mate. Uh, yeah, didn't have you to race with this week, so pretty boring, but yeah, nevertheless. So, so, so you're still living with the glory, I love it. Anyway, before yeah, we get into it, let, <laughs> yeah, let me say thanks to the sponsor. So a massive thank you to CMR Distribution and Schumacher Racing, the companies that keep us on air every week and keep us in prizes at Christmas. Guys, thank you very much for all you do for us. We couldn't do this without you, and we always, as always, we really appreciate your support. So Chris... So we just go straight in with the guests. I'm looking forward to this one. It's be quite good. Yeah, yeah. Couple of podcast veterans. Couple of podcast veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Then let's go looking for Alexander Haywood and Pete Lyons. Did I tell you Alexander was an F1? We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, yeah. Here we go. I'm we'll, gonna... a- we'll ask him just to make sure. Yeah, okay. I'm going to delve into the Valley of Skype and go look for him right now. And your editing's worked, Russ, because they've popped back up. It's amazing. How are you, boys? Yeah, Hello. good. You? Yeah, really Pretty good. good. Pretty good. So, Evening, guys. So, Evening. right, let, let's, let's just give our listeners the voices. So, say hello, Alex. Hello. And say hello, Pete. Hello, everyone. Perfect. Right, so, guys, this is Alexander Haywood, who runs for Associated in the UK, and we've got Pete Lyons, who runs for Schumacher in the UK. So, a couple of great mates who also run a, a little podcast together called The 300, and um, we'll be talking to them about that later on. But first, we're going to do what we do with all of our guests, and we're going to go back to right to the start, and we're going to find out how you guys got started in RC racing. And I think we'll start with Pete first. So, Pete. How did you get started in RC? What was your first inkling of RC cars and how did you get going with racing? Yeah, well, I'd be delighted to tell you. Uh, um, it's it's a story I've recanted a few times, but uh, um, it's very, very fond memories for me, really. Uh, basically, um, I moved to a little town called St. Ives in Cambridgeshire, not too far from where I live now. And I was uh, 12 years old and uh, I didn't know anyone. And my dad uh, had heard that there was an RC racing club running in St. Ives um, at the time. And I, uh, I, I liked the sound of it, and I had no idea what it was. And my dad said, oh, well, it's, it's, up, on, it's up on this patch of land. Um, and the St. Ives buggy club back then used to run on a small piece of grass at the St. Ivo Leisure Centre outdoors. So it was part of a leisure centre and it ran outdoors on a small patch of grass by the car park. And um, it was, that's up Westwood Road, I think, in St. Ives, Cambridgeshire. And so I went up there on my bike and uh, I didn't know, obviously, what I was going to go and see. Uh, No idea what it was. And uh, I saw, um, what I saw was, I was just hooked. The moment I saw these little buggies going around the track, now this is at 1985, uh, when I was 12 and uh, I saw these little buggies going round, going round tires, you know, sort of how tracks used to be there, not really any jumps on grass. And I was hooked from that moment that I saw it. And funnily enough, I, I, I plucked up the courage to ask someone what was, uh, uh, you know, who should I talk to? How do you get into all of this? And the guy said, I'll go over there and talk to that guy, Joe. Now, this guy, Joe, um, has just come back racing now with his son, Joseph. 
and I regularly see him and he he's a he's a lifelong friend I met him at 12 both went to the same school I remember clearly to this day walking over and he had such fond memories of this sort of thing that yeah no generators and stuff back then he had his car his dad's I think it was a tall but horizon or something <laughs> bonnet up and he had the crocodile clips of a Schumacher charger. It might have been a PCX or something um, connected to his dad's car battery, charging his San his Sanyo Nikads. And I said, oh, hello, are you Joe? And he said, oh, yeah. And, you know, we just got talking from there. That was it. Um, I had to get involved. I then went to um, twist my dad's arm, uh, begged him for a uh, i had to pay him back for it mind you but i i bought an optima mid turbo kyosho straight into uh, the deep end <laughs> straight into the deep end yeah i got kyosho optima mid turbo belt drive uh that was not because i think the optima mid was a chain but the optima mid turbo or the optima was a chain wasn't it the optima Tur- the mid was a, was a belt and i i i bought that um and i got a uh i had to pay for all this so mind you so you know, it's not that extravagant i got a, a fataba i think it was a 112b um electronic um speed control which i actually blew up the same day <laughs> yeah it's a good go in there and uh i had a acoms radio the usual sort of thing um i can't remember what motor i had i think i had it wasn't a technical but it was something of that ilk and uh I then started practicing sort of up and down the road, as you do in the car park. And uh, I was a bit nervous to go into race. And I remember Joe said to me, he said, well, you won't learn anything until you really get in a race situation around the track. And I plucked up the courage to go. And that was that. Hooked, couldn't stop. Raced at St. Ives Buggy Club for many, many years and uh, made some very, very good friends there along the way. And uh, yeah, so much I could tell you carrying on from so, that, but that's how I got started. And, really. how, and so, and you raced up until you set off in '92. Yeah, that's right. You I raced driving test, and that was it. Eighty-five, so 85 to '92. Um, how old was I in Back nineteen. No, do you know what? I don't know what it was. I think it was. I think I. I actually went into music after that yeah and um it sort of took me away from it really um i was down at torch a few years ago at national and uh, one of my old racing friends actually came along uh, a chap called darren porter um i think he works he works for an f1 company now and uh he actually because he, he he talks about getting back into it and he used to race back in the day as well and he came down to the Torch National. I couldn't believe it. He showed me a BRCA um, yearbook from 1992. And my name was in it in, under East of England, as I was then, as an F2. And uh, it was just such a throwback, some of the names that I used to, used to see racing back then, some of whom I think are, are, are still floating around the scene in, in various capacities. So 92 was when I finished um, for the... For, for the first time yeah nice. all right then Al your time to shine mate so what yeah, was your so, fir- what was your first inkling of RC cars mate and how did you get going uh, I think the well I can remember the first time I went to a track it was Coventry Model Car Club and my dad had heard about it from someone at work I think 
so he knew someone who knew someone else that raced at Coventry Model Car Club. So he went down to have a look. This would, probably would have been October, November time, probably in about 98. I can never remember the year. It was either nine, 98 or 99. I think it was 98. Um, so he went down to have a look before Christmas time. And he just obviously was testing the water for my uh, upcoming Christmas present. And uh, we had a look and much the same as Pete, really. The second you see these buggers going around a track and an old real thin hose pipe track uh, with big tyres on the corners um, to give you the layout. The, the first time I saw it, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And at that time, people were racing uh, RC10 B2s, lossy double Xs, uh, that kind of thing. Um, really liked the look of it. Just thought, just super, super cool. And then obviously a couple of months later, Christmas came and um, my dad had bought me a Mardave Cobra from Kits and Bits in Coventry, who sadly no longer there. But yeah, he got me the car from there for Christmas with Sanyo 2000 batteries and uh, basic futuristic radio and that kind of thing just to get us going. Uh, we built it over the, the next few days after Christmas and then went up to Coventry just really to see what was going on. We, did, we took the car and the bits and pieces along with us but not with the intention to race just to see what was going on and this would have been between christmas and new year sometime uh on a sunday they started at, i think 11 o'clock in the morning so a bit of a later start um raced on grass in the winter <laughs> even though it was wet and cold and muddy and um we went up to have a look just with, with the mild of cobra in the boot that we've been running around the garden i don't think we had any paint on the shell at that time either it was literally kind of box fresh uh, apart from a few runs around the garden and around the local park um and the guys were like, why don't you race? Like, you can have your first race meeting free. Um, you can, we can put you in a heat and, and away you go. And my dad was like, oh, don't, uh, we're not really prepared for it. And we went, oh, it doesn't matter. Have a go, see how you get on. Yeah. So they let us race. And um, my dad said he knew I was hooked when we turned up. I wasn't wearing any particular warm clothes because we thought we'd only be there for 15 minutes, 20 minutes to have a look. And we stayed there from 11 till probably four, five hours. We didn't have any food, didn't have any drink no warm clothes and I'll stay there and I just wanted to carry on going around the track. Um, so he, he knew yeah. from that second that it was just something obviously just clicks in your mind. Um, and you just get, you're hooked on it from, from the second you have a go. And, uh, I remember going around the first heat qualifying went on the line and back then we weren't counting with transponders. We were counting with just a guy looking out the window for the race control, pressing the numbers on the keyboard yeah. to give us some laps as we went past. And, um, I remember I thought, yeah, here we go then. I've, I've driven this around the garden. I know what I'm doing. And uh, I went straight down the straight off, off the line, as my number was called, and my car just basically didn't go anywhere. It, tur it, it turned out my, my, diff my diff had loosened. And obviously at the time, me and my dad didn't know what we were doing. But all the guys there all came over. They said, oh, I'll pull your car off. We'll have a look. And they went to their pits and they took the car there and they tried to work out what was wrong with it. And they tightened the diff up for us and we gave it another go. And my realist, my tyres weren't really up to scratch because of the, it was quite muddy and quite sticky. So they let some people lent me some tyres. And it was just a real, uh, yeah, real amazing experience. And from there, really, it just, it just kind of went on. Race the Cobra for probably nine months, ten months. And I remember I saved my money. Um, for like birthday money, Christmas money, that kind of thing. Or oh, sorry, it would have been before Christmas, so birthday money and that kind of thing. And then after about nine months, ten months, I bought my uh, first race car, if you like, first proper race car, which was an RC10 B3 Basic with the gold shocks, £104.99. Wow. And uh, <laughs> in, in the meantime, before we got the car, my dad had upgraded a few things for me along the way. So I think we bought uh, a better motor. We bought an, an electronic speed controller because before that we were using a mechanical speed controller mm. that just had two speeds with a servo. 
Um, so we, we upgraded a few bits and pieces as, as we like went along. The next stage then was to get the, the B3 basic, and then we just took it from there. Then we got B3 team second hand. We bought quite a few things off racers from the club, like uh, Toby Stevenson and uh, Brian Preddy and others that were racing. They, were, they used to get the stuff a bit cheaper from their sponsors or whoever and sell it on. So we got a few things from them to upgrade as we went along. Uh, and I raced then uh, pretty consistently, really. Uh, regional levels, I did some nationals for a few years, some radio race cars were just kind of going out as I started. So I did a few of them before they stopped um, until uh, about 2006 when I uh, went to university and um, just kind of drifted away from it for a few years. Yeah, it's always odd, isn't it? When you got when you when you got the when when the, like, we've quite a few people. I've gone to college or uni, and all of a sudden they're they're paying for, paying for it themselves, and, and obviously something's got to give, hasn't it? And it normally yeah. is, is is the car racing. It gets difficult also because um, a lot of people don't have transport. So I was up in Hull, or Hull University, and I went up there with my parents. Obviously, dropped me off, and I I, I didn't have any access to a car or anything like that. So. There were there were many clubs up there. I don't think at the time actually either. So there wasn't really anything going on around the area, and uh, like I said, I didn't have access to transport anyway. When I came back in summer holidays and and that kind of thing, I was busy doing other things really. I just I suppose I just kind of drifted away from it slightly. I was always keeping one eye on what was happening, um, but I drifted away from actually partaking in it. Yeah. All right then, Pete. So, what was the inkling that made you come back to racing after your break? <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, it was an excuse, as most of the things are. Um, I, I remember that I was uh, bored at work one time and happened upon uh, Oopal. Uh, <laughs> the Oppal. The Oppal. <laughs> the Oppal. We know who says that. Um, uh, we, I, I found Oopal, and I remember seeing how um, things, I think it was like the uh, prototype Durango, or something now um i'd obviously always been a four-wheel driver because after i moved off the mid i went to a pro cat which is why i have such fond feelings for the schumacher brand and towards the end of where i was racing was like things like the jrx2 and the rc10 and all of that so i wasn't really too aware of two-wheel drive and so i started looking at it all and i thought wow you know this is really cool that things had moved on yet strangely stayed the same and so I kept on looking, kept on looking. And obviously, I've got three boys, although most of the people who know me obviously only ever see Abe. But I have two other sons. And I originally um, used uh, uh, my second son looking for a hobby, used that as an excuse to get <laughs> back into cars. And so I said, uh, I said to my wife, I said, oh, RC racing, you know, I used to do it, buddy, buddy, blah, blah, and took him along. And I found out, obviously, the local club to me now is Stockfold, um, uh, a very famous national track. And uh, we went along and watched. And I think I went to a national, actually. I remember seeing uh, um, like like Sir Tristram and others were all racing there. And it was so exciting. And obviously, nationals in the sun. At Stockfold, if you've been there, and nationals at other tracks, you know, it's, it, it's a real sort of carnival kind of atmosphere, isn't it? You know, it's really sort of happening. And um, my middle son wasn't sure, but he said he'd give it a crack. Uh, as it happened, um, he didn't take to it. Uh, he's he's a he's a proper video gamer. My middle son, Sam, uh, but my eldest son 
that you all do know, Abe, really liked it. And he had a go and he loved it immediately. And so the middle, the original intention of my middle son, Sam, picking it up never happened. And Abe picked it up and ran with it. And in fact, just before everything obviously sort of like um, went south, March last year, my littlest, David, enjoys it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that that was the excuse, really. And uh, when I, I knew that Abe was into it, you know, I, it's something uh, to keep him occupied. And you just learn. In, I think people sometimes don't under, don't realize just how much you learn from RC um, um, as, as a youngster. I mean, for myself, obviously, you learn about electronics, you learn about soldering, you learn about oils, you learn about geometry, all sorts of things. Now, I whitter on to Abe about all this stuff. Uh, he remembers some of it, obviously not all of it, but it is, it is quite a scientific discipline. And I think it's great for girls and boys. And that was my excuse. And that's why I got back into it. And here I am. Um, yeah. So when you got your lad, uh, you, you, you lad the car, had you got yourself yeah. one as well, or did you like, oh, I'll, I'll do a couple of races, we can show you how to do it, and how, 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 how yeah, did you it, get it, back into it? it? It kind of, it kind of went. I, I got one first, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then the son came along. The boy came later, yeah. um, and that's uh, obviously uh, uh, my involvement with Stockfold was what um, got me involved with Kev Lee. And uh, Kev was fantastic. Um, loads of sound advice, obviously, when he was running inside line at the time. Um, and uh, he, he, he helped me out no end with um, what, what um, electronics and, you know, was that two-wheel drive was actually... Because I came back into it, I think it's like some, where they think four-wheel drive's the thing. But actually, it's two-wheel drive because obviously four-wheel drive was the thing when I was younger. Uh, but two-wheel drive is really the dominant class now. And um, he, he sort of really helped me um, get, get all the equipment. And uh, gradually, you, you sort of you get some bits and then you realize, you know what, I should have invested maybe a little bit more in this and, and that. And, and you learn because obviously Kev was very good in that. He didn't push you to sort of like really high end expensive stuff immediately or, you know, maybe when you didn't need it. But as things went and um, yeah, then obviously the excuse came along to spend even more money on what Abe needed. <laughs> but I started I started him off on, on, on more simple gear, as you do, as 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 he was sort of like learning to get around the track. And uh, now it's sort of we're, we're very much equal. But to, to be honest, I, um, I, I, I kind of prioritize what I'm doing for him, even though I still sort of like take it pretty seriously myself. I, I'm one of those personalities. I can't do something half-hearted. I just can't. Now you've got to commit, haven't you? 100%. Yeah. You've what, got to commit I, to. I, I would either do this. People joke about me and say, oh, when you're quitting, right? That won't happen. Um, if I like it and I'm enjoying it and Abe's racing isn't suffering, I'll keep going. Yeah. When I don't enjoy it, that's when I walk away. Yeah. Because anything I've ever done in life, and anybody who knows me knows that I go to the gym. The reason I'm into the gym and heavy weight training and bodybuilding is because it's a 
mentality. I, I can't do anything else. I've never done anything else in my life that way. So that's 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 the that's the way we went. And um, yeah, the the little team, Haven, myself, and and that's that's what we do. Well, how long's Abe been racing there? Then just give us a timeline of rough, when, roughly when you came back. Yeah, I think he was seven and a half when he started. So he's just turned fourteen in April. So it's nearly seven years yeah. he's been going. It seems like a lifetime, doesn't it? So, so I bet it was a you change know? coming back with brushless and lipos for you then, mate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from from my early days of uh, running, um, I mean, I I I always I I dabbled with other cars which weren't Schumacher. So I, I had a Laser ZX. I had a really souped up um, Tamiya. What was it? Not an Avanti. It was the um, Egress. No. Um, ah. It had carbon prop shaft and everything. I, I, uh, no, what was it? I had it for one season. I won the St. Ives Club Championship with it and then sold it. And then I bought another Pro Cat. But exactly that. Back then, it was 64 DP gears, um, Pete's Awesome Products, um, NICADs. Um, I had LRP motors, blue and pink. And Novak Speedos I ran. And uh, Giuseppe, my great rival, Joe, who got me started, he ran Tekin Speedos. And um, then it was get in your car to last five minutes as fast as you could. And uh, nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, as much power as you want, um, as much battery power as you want. It's... Uh, it's uh, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. How about you, Al? So you do you leave uni, get a job, and then get back into racing? You didn't. I remember historically you told me a story about you bumped into someone, didn't you, from racing? Yep. Two words: Brian Freddy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, okay. Uh, he he's the one that got me back into it actually. Um, so exactly as you said, I, I left uni in two thousand and nine. Graduated. And then um, started working at uh, the local bike shop. I've been in the cycle industry, like, you know, summer jobs and that kind of thing since I was in uh, school with work experience. So I had quite a lot of experience there. And I was a keen cyclist anyway, BMX rider as well. And uh, so I got a job in the local uh, BMX shop where I was a frequent customer and um, was there for a couple of years before one Christmas, uh, Brian came in. And he was looking for a like a micro scooter for his uh, nephew, and uh, I was like, "Oh, right, Brian, how's it going?" Obviously, recognised him straight away, and he recognised me, and we we got talking about the about racing, and I said how um, I, I'd like to get back into it. I still got all my equipment, etc., and, and I was yeah quite keen to make a start back. Um, and we just got talking about how things had changed. So as you mentioned already, uh, lipos and uh, brushless had all come into it. And I said how it's obviously quite expensive to get in, it back into it with um, motor skimming and all that kind of thing. But then he obviously uh, indicated the, the fact that everything had changed. And you only need two packs of batteries now. You need one motor, one ESC. And uh, after just a brief, maybe 10, 15 minute talk about it, I went home that night and researched into it a little bit. And I think it was probably that weekend that I went to um, the local shop here in Coventry, FTD Models, and basically spent hundreds of pounds on a load of new equipment. So it was, it was literally, I saw him, got talking about it, got, the, got the, the urge again, went to the shop, bought the stuff, 
and then uh, and that was that really. What car did you come back with? Uh, so I still had my original uh, B4. Uh, well, I say original B4. I probably had about five B4s in the time that um, the B4 came out to when I finished in 2006. Um, but I had the B4 that I finished racing with, which was just a B4 factory team. And um, he still had all my brushed equipment in there. It had, uh, I think, probably a Reedy tie motor. It had uh, an M-Tronics Cirrus speed controller, I think, in there at the time. Um, so obviously that was all out to date. All my batteries, although they all still charged and they all still worked, obviously nowhere near good enough for racing and obviously not, not really suitable now. So I bought some LiPos. Um, but yeah, so I put all the, the new equipment in the B4 and I ran that probably for about three or four months over the winter. We did some MAMs with it um, when I got back into it, probably towards the end of 2011. So over 2011 into 2012, we did a few MAMs and we did all right, actually. Um, it's amazing even though you have kind of six and a half seven years off you can come back and you can still pick up a transmitter and you can still get around a track i wasn't quick at all i wasn't as quick as i was when i left in 2006 um but you can still get around and you can still uh drive a car with, with no problems so um we, we did okay with the b4 uh and then i remember obviously things have changed that but that time as well mid motor come into it um so we found um a discounted end of line Shumaka Kuga SV1 from uh, a model shop online, um, and it was our kind of first entry into mid motor then. And I went to the final man round of the year at Kidderminster. I remember it was bone dry, and I wasn't doing so well. Uh, I built the um, the SV1 the day before, and the day before the meeting on the Saturday, and we just chalked the electrics into it in between one of the rounds. I think we did it from round two to three or three to four, and immediately with a mid motor. Uh, I went, I think, about six seconds faster <laughs> in the next in the next run on, on the car I'd never driven before. It wasn't really set up properly. It just literally was just kind of box fresh. Uh, took the car down and went six seconds faster with a mid-motor. Um, so I started back with the B4, but then went into the Cougar SV. Yeah. I mean, that was obviously, around that time, mid-motor was, 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 was really coming on strong, wasn't it, then, with the, the Centro cars and, and just, just, just about to be, be launched and stuff like that? It was, yeah. I think the Centro actually what it had been out for maybe a few months before I came back. And I remember going to the first regional that I um, when I, when I came back and everyone was on Centro pretty much. There's it's probably out of eighty or ninety drivers at a regional, you could probably safely say seventy of them were driving Centros. There was a few people driving the Schumacher. Um, a few people had a Lossy Twenty Two, the original Twenty Two. Um, but the Centro, I think, was the uh, certainly in the Midwest anyway, the dominant car or the mid motor uh, era where when it started. Uh, but it's just amazing to see how much faster they were. Uh, obviously, the B4 was still a great car, and it still is a great car, really. It's probably the the last of a generation, isn't it, really? Um, however many world championships, when I don't know, five, six world championships. But the mid-motor, as, as soon as you stick one of them down and you drive it compared to the, the rear motor, it's just so much faster. Yeah, it's crazy. And the corner speed is horrendous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So moving on from that, then Al, you because you you've done some. Well, obviously you started doing the nationals and stuff as well. Um, started knocking around with Pete, but you went off and did some, did, did some Euros as well, haven't you? Yeah. So it just kind of went from one thing to another, really. Uh, when I came back into it, I was only racing probably once every other week, once every three weeks. Just really back is into a on a hobby side of things uh, and didn't really take it too seriously. Then as time went on, I got more and more into it. I started going to more meetings. Then it started going, uh, practicing during the week uh, um, and that kind of thing, just to get a bit more track time. And then eventually did yeah, did some nationals and then uh, did some Euros as well. I've done three Euros, actually. 
um, 2017, 18, and 19. So I did Italy with Pete in the, fir- in the first one I did, and yeah. that's Pete's first one as well. Yeah. And then we did France the year after in 2018 in Reims. Um, and then back to Italy again the year after that for the last Euros that we've done, which was the uh, in back in Pinarello. Yeah. Are you going to continue with your Euros running? Um, I was entered into Robin Hood for the last year, uh, obviously before COVID struck. Uh, so I was entered into a full season of nationals and a full season of Euro- and the Euros as well. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd like to, especially if they were Robin Hood, because I'd automatically qualify um, based on 2019's national results anyway. So and the home Euros, I think, yeah, I've definitely got to do a home Euros. So I think I think I'll be doing at least one more. Yeah, well, I mean, luckily, because uh, no offence to any people who go out there, obviously the the, the flyaway Euros get opened up a lot more to F2s and a, a, even a couple of F3s. But being an F1, you're pretty much guaranteed a place if you want to go to the to the UK Euros, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, genuine F1, genuine F1 for three years running. That's right. right. So. <laughs> just, uh, just thought I'd throw it out there. I've kept it genuinely. Are you an F1 now? Surprisingly, yes. Yeah. I, I may have mentioned it once or twice at work. Um, <laughs> Russ, did you know I was an F1, Russ? I, I didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you wait till you listen yeah. back to the titles of this show, man. Yeah. You'll have a chuckle. Um, I, may, I, may, I may have mentioned it to Keith once or twice as well, yeah. actually. So tell us, <laughs> okay then, mate, as a, as a um, no offence, I mean this in the right way, as a club racer... What does it take to get an F1? What did it take you to do? Because I know I know how much work you put in, but I'm sure there's a thousand people that are listening to this show who want to know what it took you to go to get to come back in 2006, 2007, and get an, and get an F1 in 2019. Yeah, we I mean, all saw the work you put in, mate. So go for it. Yeah, I, mean, I came back a bit later than that. Sorry, I left. I finished in 2006 and Sorry, restarted yeah. in 2011, 2012. Um, it wasn't really until 2015 that I kind of um, put a bit more effort into it and a bit more time. Um, for some people, I think making the F1 is probably a little bit easier than others, you know, because uh, we, we all understand that some people are a bit more naturally gifted to this kind of thing than, than other people. And for some people, it takes a bit more work. I'd like to think I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but if I'm honest it was a lot of work <laughs> in 2015 I had a bit more time on my hands and I thought I want to give it a bit more of a go um, and I, I started getting a bit faster at regional level and um, at that time I think I was driving a lossy 22 3.0 um, which was I got on really well with that car um, and I thought I've got a really good chance of uh, well certainly progressing with this car and progressing in racing but also I, I really want to see how far I can go so from around about 2015, I, I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to give it 100% and just, just to see how far I can get. If I'm honest, at that time, I didn't think I'd ever make F1. Like, I, I just thought I'd like to get to a decent like uh, F2N national. Um, I, I really wanted actually to make a regional A final because at that time I was making C finals. I'd made one B final, I think, at Coventry with a lossy 22 3.0. I'm, I think I qualified ninth in the B. And for me at the time, it was just like, wow, I've, I've, I've made a B final at regional. I can't believe it. And I was just over the moon. Um, and the more I did, obviously, the, the more you progress. But it was really a case of just practice. Obviously, a, a lot of money goes into it. Um, I was working, and so I was putting a lot, all my disposable income into it, really, because um, it's something I really wanted to do. So obviously, lots of tyres and uh, and all that kind of thing. But I was racing three times a week consistently for probably three to four years. Um, as well as practicing on, I used to 
work Saturdays, so I'd have a Monday off. So I'd, I'd race on Sunday, I'd go practicing on Monday, then I'd go to Silverton on Tuesday, then I'd go to Junction 16 on Friday, uh, then I'd race again on Sunday. And in between, you're, you're prepping the cars, um, like night in, night out, gluing tyres, get, getting everything ready. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of work over probably three to four years. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, I remember you telling me about head, you kept the head of cards for your tyres, didn't you, for your F1 year? Yeah, it was, I think I started doing that in, I thought, I wonder how many tyres I use in a year. I don't know why this thought just came into my head. So I started keeping all the head of cards after gluing them up on, a, this is in January, I think, 2018. And by the end of the 2019 season, I thought, all right, let's have a count. So I emptied this big carry bag or big sack that I had under my uh, workbench uh, in my racing room. And it was quite far over 500 pairs of tyres <laughs> in, in the course of two years. Yeah. Um, if anyone out there's so got a calculator, a I'll leave you to work that out yourself. But it's quite a lot. <laughs> it, 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 it was a lot. And obviously, <laughs> the worst thing about it is it's not just uh, obviously it's a ridiculous amount of money, but also the um, the prep. So you're sitting there and you, you just you feel like all you ever do is glue tires, glue tires, and you race them, then you, they cut them off and you acetone them. I'd always get the runs out of them. So for a regional, I'll be, I'll be putting on a set of run. Uh, for a national, I'd do the same. But then I'd reuse them for four wheel drive regionals and nationals. Um, and then I'd reuse them for club days and then I'd reuse them again for practices after that. So I always got maybe six, seven, eight runs out of a set at least. I'd always try and get the maximum. Yeah. I'd run them until they're bold, like basically, but yeah. I was just doing so much practice and so much running. Uh, obviously just went through a lot of sets. So. Yeah, it's crazy. How about yourself, Pete? What's your, what's your tire schedule like now? There's two of you. Did it used to be you had the, you had the best and the, the lion's share and then you gave them to Abe's the other way around now? Do you get your do you, do you have his cast offs or no? Uh, f- f- funnily enough, I um, I always uh, other than in the early days, I, I've always made sure that he had the best equipment I could. Um, that's one of the little sort of policies I've had with with him uh, was that I I didn't sort of apart like I say apart from in the very early days when he started showing some real promise of going somewhere with it. Um, I didn't want him to have to have my sort of cast offs, as it were, yeah. or not not the best equipment to get the job done. So, I mean, crikey, uh, when when Leah, I'm 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 totally with with Alex on that. When pre- prepping for a national with two of us, I'll be sitting there gluing sometimes almost twenty four pairs of rears and fronts. Uh, you know the, the the car room stank of super glue. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's like it, it's uh, it, it's a. I used to like pr- spend. Sometimes I I would feel a little bit aggrieved about it in, in a small way, and obviously I have two other sons, and I it takes time and dedication. I'll be sitting up in this car room preparing four cars. So two two wheels, two four wheels, and gluing tires, and you know that'd be hours and hours of work at times to get it all ready because I can't stand doing stuff when I'm there unless I really have to. Um, obviously, weather notwithstanding, I like to have things ready yeah. and prepared, and so it's it's just an enormous amount of preparation. And um, now nowadays. I, I like I say, I still take it seriously, so I don't go, I don't mess about. Club days are kind of different, you know. If if 
you know, my tyres aren't in the greatest state for a club day, it doesn't really matter, does it? But if it's sort of like anything that does matter uh, or is serious, I'll I'll make sure that it's all prepared and Abe has new tyres, I'll have new tyres. If if it ever came to the point, as I've said, as I said just earlier, if, if it was like I really wasn't bothered or I wasn't enjoying it, racing anymore because i do get an enormous amount of out of the mechanic side and preparing abe stuff for him um i'd just stop yeah. and uh i i i'd let him i'd focus completely um on what he's doing a bit like simon smith does with preparing ben's cars yeah he sits there preparing and working on what ben needs for that day and you can see from ben's results how that goes yeah the thing um, is we we all do it because we love it don't we yeah. Really. At the end of the day, like you say, Pete, with the mechanical side of things, you do it because you love it. Um, like I'd come home from work during the week and I'd, I'd literally go straight into my racing room. I wouldn't have any dinner. I'd sit there and just work on the cars and have a break for some, something to eat, then go back and just work, with the, work on the cars again and do that every night uh, that I'm not racing, basically. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I, I'd sit there and I'd enjoy it and you, you always want to do it, really, as well. Yeah. Oh, to be yeah. a single man, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same as Bowden, right. he's the same. Yeah. Uh, I think the other, the other week when um, I was getting ready for a race or something, um, I sat down, I stuck the laptop on and got the uh, got the Netflix on. And I can't remember, I think I'd put on, like I was re-watching... Um, if anybody's watched House, it's like some American drama, and you know, forty-five minute episodes. When I sat down to start prepping these cars at like nine in the morning, and then the next thing I knew, it was five fifteen in the afternoon. I'd gone through a whole <laughs> series of of this thing, and I was like, "Christ, how's that gone?" But you don't know, do you notice? Do you? You just it, you get engrossed. Well, in the it thing and... is, it's got to be done, anti. I know it sounds silly. You sit there and you look at the car and you're like, right, I've got to do this, this, this and this. And it's going to take as long as it takes, whether it's one night, two nights. Yeah. As, long, as long as it's done for Sunday, well, Saturday night. <laughs> so you can charge, yeah, you charge, yeah. charge your batteries. You know what I mean? It's just got to be done, ain't it? You know. And just to be vulgar, to jump back on the uh, the subject of money, because some people listen to this while driving. I've done the maths on Alex's tyres for everyone. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> so your tyres, and I, I've, you said you use over 500 pairs. It's about 530-odd pairs of tyres every two years. I went went with 500, and I went with 250 sets of wheels, so it's about reuse the wheels once, and 250 sets of inserts, and it comes to just under 6,250 quid. What, you only reuse the wheels once and new inserts? No, I'll tell you what, because I am a recycler of wheels, so I would use my wheels until they are... I've got wheels that are older than Bruce. Yeah, I've got to sit on his car now. Yeah, wheels-wise, I'll use them until they basically break or they're like, they really are scuffed to pieces. Or yellow. Yeah, I was going to say, you're really not bothered about your wheels because you run yellow ones. From the asset, from the asset. I meant, I meant from the acid tower now, not because yeah, you're, you're vulgar and you, run yellow wheels. Sorry, you, you, you can't <laughs> see the uh, that's stone stains. I can't even run the wheels on the yellow wheels. That's why I run them because you reuse them over and over again. It's absolutely fine. But uh, I mean, it was also obviously the, the practice as well. I mean, people always laugh at this story, but um, I think it was two thousand. Well, I did it maybe three years in a row actually. Um, but Christmas morning, I'd get up at kind of half past seven in the morning. I took all my stuff in the car and I'd go to Kidderminster on Christmas Day because there was no one there and I had the track to myself and I'd run maybe 10, 12 packs around, uh, finish about one o'clock and then I'd come back and go to my parents for dinner. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. with her? Rain and then one year I did it on Boxing Day as well. So out Christmas Day, out of Boxing Day racing, just really just to get the track time. Um, but like I said before, um, 
I did it because I loved it. Like I, I wanted to go and do it, so uh, that's that's why I did it. Didn't the police back in the eighties sing a record called "So Lonely"? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you must have had that on repeat on the way. Yeah, yeah. It's what it takes to be the best, mate. It's what it takes to be the best. Indeed, indeed. So, so you've got to do if you want to be an F1. Yeah. <laughs> So, when, did you have a big party when you got F1 then, Al? Uh, Were you surprised? No. Did you, did you, did you, you, you actually do it at the last meeting as well, didn't you? Yeah, it, took it all you came to the down last meeting. If, if Monis, uh, it came down to the very last round of qualifying in the last meeting. I was nearly there in two-wheel drive. Um, I had a bit of a coming together with a back marker in one of the qualifiers at Stockfold National on a, on a Saturday. Um, had that not happened, I know we can always say what if, what, uh, what if this didn't happen, etc. But had that not have happened, I was I think I was two laps from the end of the run. Um, then I would have made the C final at Stockfold rather than the D, and that would have given me an automatic F1 in two wheel drive. So unfortunately, that wasn't to happen. So then I had to do it in four wheel drive, and uh, I was flying around, going really well. At, in, in round three, I was on for a, a really decent time. It was about, I think it was about 18th in round or something in round three. But one slight mistake, one bubble going up to the back section that I hadn't made that mistake all day. The car rolled and the ball cut broke. So that was the end of that run. And then I, it literally came down to the very last qualifier of the last national as to whether I could make it into the D final or whether I was going to be in the E final where I currently was sat. And I actually I pulled out the bag. I managed to get a real nice, clean, not super fast, but clean and did enough to get in the D. And I actually knocked Abe out of the D final <laughs> in, <Yeah>. that, like, <laughs> in that, last, uh, that last national. So Abe was sitting happily in the bottom of the D. Uh, I was in the E. And then that last round, Abe dropped down. I, I went up into the D. I still had it all to do in the D final as well. And Matt Dodd uh, had qualified just behind me, and he was kind of in the same position, really. So he was uh, really on the borderline as to whether he'd make F1 or not, just like I was. And we both needed a result out of that final. And we drove around together. Uh, he was behind me, and I was in front of him. And I was, dry, I was so nervous. And he was obviously trying to get past, but trying to get past clean, because he wanted a result. And I wanted to stay ahead because I wanted a result. And we were both trying to stay ahead of... Uh, the guys behind and in the end I think I finished fourth and he finished fifth and that gave us both enough to get the F1 I think I was 36th and he might have been 38th overall in the championship and so it literally came down to the last final and we both did it so I bet you were shaking weren't you thinking not only thinking I've got to go forwards and I've got got to stop the guy behind me coming past as well right it was it was the most nervous I've ever been it was just ridiculous and if if I have actually watched the video back that Tyler Little's dad does and I watched it back, and you can see me in, in parts of the final. And I'm just looking at the lines I was driving. I was thinking, what What are you doing? <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely awful. It de- definitely wasn't like a D final national performance, that's for sure. Um, but I just, yeah, I somehow managed to get it around and uh, actually, so got the result. There's actually quite an interesting story to that, actually, if you want me to add on to that. Yeah, yeah. Is that, absolutely. Um, it's just it just dovetails really nicely. So Abe had been sitting in the four-wheel drive D final the whole day until Alex knocked him out. And was Abe E1 in that? I think he was either E1 or E2. Definitely E1 or E2, E2. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, that In that uh, E final, um, Abe... Um, Drove, uh, drove, 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 drove away, and it was him and Yasir Mugal were uh, clear in that e final. 
A made a mistake, if I remember correctly, and let Yassir through, okay? And A followed him, followed him, followed him, and got past Yassir, I think, on the last lap to win the E-final, right? That E-final win gave him enough points uh, at the end of the championship to get the last... F2N four-wheel drive slot by one point <laughs> in front of Martin <laughs> Owen. Yeah. Uh, so so it's just the way it worked. It was just amazing because uh, had he um, not um, overtaken Yassir on that last lap, he wouldn't have won the final. He wouldn't have got enough points to have beaten Martin Owen and he wouldn't have got the last F2N slot in four-wheel drive. So he it was had just, never it spoken was... to Alex again. Well, the weeks anyway. No, no. <laughs> no I mean, this is the first time we've spoken since lockdown began, isn't it, Pete? Really? Uh, who? It, me and you. We haven't <laughs> spoken to each other at all for the last eighteen months. Well, the, well, we haven't been able to. Cause you've been in prison, so <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't, listeners. He hasn't. Yeah, I'm alive. So, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was a nice, It was just a hell of a weekend that weekend. That that final. National at Stockfold, the way things came together. And uh, how get, nice is with it? You getting your F1 and A getting his F2A. Definitely. It was just the best feeling when we were all standing around at the end of the National when uh, Worsley's there and he's reading out who's got what grade and he's going from yeah. the bottom to the top. It's just, uh, and everyone's there and we're all kind of um, on 10 talks for each other, really. We're all kind of like, oh, God, has A yes. got it? Have you, have you got it as well? Because I know you were trying to sneak in with it. Yeah, uh, I and got obviously, it. obviously you got it. Um, and then obviously it was, and I was really hoping Matt had got it and I really wanted it as well. And we're all there on our phones trying to work out where we finish in the finals <laughs> and who we beat and, and that kind of thing. And it's a real nice atmosphere when you're all there. And then I remember Tyler Little was the last person to get F1 in four-wheel drive. And everyone just erupted and cheered for him and clapped. And it was just its such a nice um, feeling. It's, it's, I think it just shows uh, the kind of the general feeling within the RC community mm. uh, of how supportive and how friendly and how nice everyone is. Yeah. Uh, the fact we're all cheering, we're all clapping, and we're all happy for everyone else and how well they've done throughout the it season. Was, it, so was it was well good. That's why Little's F1. Oh, yes. Really well that year. Definitely. Well yeah. deserved. So, the big question, Al, I know you've held your F1 for three years and all that. Genuinely, yeah. Genuinely. <laughs> Have you got the. Do you think you can retain it when we get racing again next year? See, Matt, we spoke about quite a bit that year. Do you think year any about kids F1s. have got quicker? Yeah, um, Matt said it's one thing getting it, but it's harder to retain it. Yeah. And I, I think really I'd completely agree with that. Um, realistically, I, I thought that particular year, I've, that's the year that I think, based on my age and the amount of effort I was putting in uh, and my ability level, I thought really that was the year that if I was going to get it, that's the year I was going to get it. Mm. And uh, obviously I managed to get it, um, scraped in near the bottom, but I managed to get in that threshold realistically i th- i thought then the year after that so 2020 uh was probably going to be the year that the kids are coming through so obviously you've got abe you've got charlie saunders you've got lewis hopkins um i'd say the hall brothers but they were already massively far- <laughs> further ahead anyway yeah. um but there was there were so many good kids coming through um and other people as well putting more effort in and and, and giving him more of a go so realistically i, I don't think i would have retained it um i would have given it a good go don't get me wrong but uh, I think I peaked there. I would have had a good go at trying to keep it, but 
I, w- I was happy just to have it once and if I didn't retain it I didn't retain it and I was just happy to, to get it at once to yeah. be honest yeah oh, I think you've got it in you mate I believe in you I'll oh thanks you. Russ <laughs> so Pete how about yourself do you think you could make an F1 or do you think or, 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 are, you, are you confident enough that you could do F1 or do you think F2 is you know, you, I say you limit do you think that's where, it, where your pace is you know what I mean it's uh, it's funny really because uh, I got that F2N in 2019 um uh, or F1.9, I like saying that. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah, better, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah I, I, I finished uh, 56th, I think, overall in four-wheel drive. And that, that was my first season with, with Schumacher. And it's really difficult because I, I will moan and, and uh, to, to people who will listen to me, like Richie Thorne and Lloyd Story. And I like to say, look, you know, I know that, um, you know, the, the time isn't on my side at my age and your reactions physically do slow down. There's nothing you can do about that at all. Yeah. It's just a medical certainty. Um, however, um, I do, <laughs> I do play lots of video games and I do lots of hand eye coordination stuff, which is what RC is about. Plus it's that knowledge of racing and racing lines, if you like, Yeah. That, that I still retain from being a kid and being into it. It's hard to describe. I sort of, it's, it's like having that fairy dust, isn't it? That ability to see the lines and on a track. Now, I don't want to sound like I've sort of like, you know, got a big head or anything, but, you know, I've done all right. And I remember talking to Richie Thorne about it. And he said, well, when did you come back? And I said, oh, you know, it must be probably about 2014 or something like that. And he said, well, he said, that's not that long ago. It's like six, seven years. I think it was five years at the time when we were talking about it. And he said, well, you don't know where your limit is, do you? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you've, you haven't been at this for like 20 years solid. So you don't know where your limit is. I said, well, I suppose, but I'm just trying to sort of like be realistic about it. And he said, well, he said, you don't know where you could go. Keep working at it. Funnily enough, Lloyd says the same. It's just keep working at it. Keep working at it. Now, could I, I'd love to be, I said this to Lloyd, I would love to be the oldest person to get an F1 for the first time. So Evdo got his F1, I think, again, didn't he, a few years ago? Yeah. If I remember uh, right. It might have even been last year, because he made a B final at uh, Bowton two-wheel drive. That's right. Now, yes, yeah, so it might have been, might be, say last year, 20, I say last yeah, year, 2019, yeah, the last season. Yeah. Now, Evdo, I'm sure, will have been, he could tell you, uh, I'm sure Tony's been an F1 before. He's been around forever, enormously experienced. But it, it, it would be interesting because, I mean, I'm sure um, Paul Worsley has the stats. He has every, every stat. Yeah. Uh, who is the oldest person to get an F1 for the first time? So not a returner, not someone who was world class who came back but to get it for the first time. Now, I'd love to be able to do that. Will it happen? Doubtful, but I'll certainly try. Can I retain an F2N? Quite possibly. Um, I still find myself making little improvements and getting better, and it's, it's, a, it's a work ethic, yeah. and it's something that I've applied with Abe. It's, 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 it's the old phrase, is. Hard work can take you so far. Talent can take you so far. 
if you put both of those together, that's the golden combination. Now, I'm not saying that about myself. I just believe that in general, because uh, you get some people with enormous talent, but they're lazy. And that's a tragedy. And one of my great loves is football outside of RC and, and, and weight training. And you can you see it time and time again with footballers, talented footballers, but they're lazy. They don't put the, 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 the work in on the training field. Now, the training field alone without talent will get you so far as well. And there are footballers that I've known uh, who've made a decent living at, at Premier League teams, lower league, l- lower Premier League teams, simply because their attitude and work ethic is superb. Of course, they've got some ability, but it's not that, you know, they're not um, like Harry Kane or something. Uh, but when you put the two together, it's the work ethic. And that's what I believe in. And so I, ke- I keep working hard at it and see what happens, I guess. Mm. I think you can relate that to RC, can't you? Um not going to name any names, but you can see certainly in some of the faster drivers we have in this country, some of them perhaps put more effort in than others to try and get to where they've got. And others don't seem to put the effort in, but are there more on the natural ability. Mm. Um, but you can certainly see it in some of the top RC drivers in this country when, when we go to nationals. Yeah. Yeah. So do you I'd think, agree. so what are your plans going forward? You guys, I mean, I know we're going to get onto trucks in a minute with Alexander. Um, you've got me calling him Alexander now, Pete. Well done. Um, <laughs> have, have you got an over forties worlds meeting in you, Pete? Do you think you, you think you fancy doing that? Having a go at that before you hit the, the big five zero. Uh, <laughs> Fifty, crikey! Yeah, do you know what? That's I can't believe that. I uh, still thinking in my head I'm like seventeen years old at times. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I was I um, myself and Abe were in for Robin Hood at the Euros until that obviously all went south. Um, so I'd still like to do that. Um, the V40 maybe, uh, depending on where it is, of course. Yeah. Um, Isn't it always in the, in the same place? It Wasn't it? Uh, Belgium was last yeah. year. Or, or does yeah, it say that always, it was going to be Belgium? I think it's always in the same place. It's Maybe. always at the same track, I think. I mean, Alec went, didn't he, a few years ago, and Miklos, didn't he? Didn't Miklos? Was it in, uh, not Finland, but over that way somewhere? Yeah, it might actually be Finland, you know. Finland or Sweden or something like that. I mean, what you need to do, Pete, you need to get yourself on the committee and get it moved to Stockfold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Limit the entries. Oh, there's yeah, only yeah. one entrant in every class, and that's me. Over forty is world champion. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, yeah, I uh, quite possibly, quite possibly, I'll still still be in for the the, the UK nationals, yeah. and uh, I think the Robin Hood Euros would have been amazing. Mm. Uh, and God willing, we'll still see that happen. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I certainly, I don't, I don't rule anything out. I, I think, um, uh, uh, future plans really is, I, I mean, we're very much, uh, on the tenth scale side of things and, uh, Abe really loves carpet racing. So sometimes he, he, he sort of hints that we look at things like, um, the touring cars and things. So lots of people have gone the eighth direction. But I'm not sure that's what Abe's interested in, as he looks at like the touring cars and the twelfth and stuff. Um, sometimes he, he 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 that is that makes his eyes twinkle. Well, yeah. that that would be for him though, not for me. Yeah, class. All right, now let's talk about trucks. So I, I can remember when I, when you we were talking about stadium trucks and we were at Midlands, 
And I said, have a go in my truck then. You're like, oh, it's on sticks. I don't know. I said, we ain't got to drive it fast. Just have a go. And then you walk off the rostrum and you're like, I'm getting one of them. And that was like 2018, <laughs> wasn't it, that? It was, yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean, and then you I, came to Silverstone and whipped me. <laughs> <laughs> They've always held a, a fun place in my heart, trucks, really. Because um, way back when I, I ran the B3, um, the second class then for a lot of people wasn't four-wheel drive. It was stadium truck. Yeah. And we had a national series back then. It was when nitro trucks were uh, popular. So the RC10 GT, the Lossy Triple XNT, and the electric stadium trucks ran alongside the nitro stadium trucks in the national series. Obviously separate classes, but they they ran at the same meeting. Um, and I remember I actually made uh, a national A final at Brandon Bucket Club with a uh, an RC10 T3 back in the day. So I could say I'm a national A finalist from way back then, but. I mean, even back then, um, like a Brandon Buggy Club um, winter series, we would have maybe 35 to 40 trucks at one of the meetings. Uh, they were just so popular. And it, like I said, it was more of the second class that people would go to because they're two-wheel drive. They were very similar to the, uh, the two-wheel drive buggy-based uh, cars. So people had a lot of spares which switched over. Um, but then obviously having to go in yours and they were, there was a bit of a hint they were going to come back. So I thought, yeah, I've got, I've got to get one of these and um, got a T6.1 a couple of years ago. Uh, I love the class. Um, I think they're fantastic. I love the trucks. They're, they're great for them to drive. I will be honest, though, they're, they're quite hard to drive. Um, I, was, I came back and I was thinking, God, these will be a doddle, these will. Like, you know, nice and easy. They roll over all the pipes. So they to be great for them to roll around. But they're actually really tricky to drive, and um, I don't think uh, the, 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 well, the racers that drive them are given the credit they deserve, really, you know, in the truck class. I think it's always been seen as the fun class, yeah. but they are, they are actually quite difficult to control, as I'm sure you'd agree, uh, and Pete will know as well from Abe driving at the Lutworth event. Lots of work, yes, definitely. Yeah, they really are tricky. Um, race at Bowton. Uh, obviously three or four weeks ago for the last national and that particular track i think with the lower grip and the bumps was just absolutely fantastic for the trucks on the higher grip tracks they're a little bit more difficult to drive but uh yeah we've got the truck national coming up again at coventry this weekend so look, looking forward to that that's that's the main class for me this year trucks you went well at um the coventry uh, sorry the coventry the first the first truck national you qualify second yeah qualify second i think um maybe a little bit of luck involved um, I perhaps should have been a, a realistic position probably would have been third uh, in qualifying um, I got a little bit unlucky in the finals to be honest I finished fourth in the end um, but just racing incidents is one of those things um, can't do anything about it but I had some great races with Brett Birch Charlie Saunders was so quick uh, as we mentioned Charlie earlier I uh, haven't seen him for obviously since lockdown began really and he came with the truck and he was just on pace I think he was for most of the day he was probably a second lap faster than anyone else on, on quite a big track but it was, it was nearly a second lap faster than everyone else all day we every had, single lap we had charlie on a couple of weeks ago after his win uh, and, yeah. he, and he said you were the one he was worried about um, going into the meeting um about beating not about taking him off or anything but beating him he said he thought you <laughs> yeah. were you you and brett Birch were going to be his main main competition but, but mainly you we, we gave it a good go. Brett was a bit quicker than me throughout the day. And uh, like I said, a bit of luck in the fourth round of qualifying gave me a TQ in that round, which put me second on the grid. Um, Brett was, a bit, like I said, a bit quicker. We had some good races with Charlie, actually, in the final. But um, he, was a little, he was a little bit unlucky in the first leg. Um, but then he came back through, and I think he got two leg wins after that. So he, he, he well deserved it. Like I said, he was the fastest person there by far. So Brilliant. Are you gonna, what, so what are you going to do to him this weekend? Are you going to do some wheel nuts? 
Uh, Coventry, yeah, your home track. We all know how much you practice there, mate. 12 yeah, packs every Saturday. Yeah. We know. <laughs> team associated teammates and all that, you know. Yeah. We'll do what I can to win. Uh, yeah, just obviously home track, so um, fingers crossed I'll, I'll do all right. Uh, as long as I make the A, top 10, I'll be happy, to be honest. That's always the aim. And uh, I'm just happy blasting around, to be honest. Like, it's been a little while um, since any... Uh, any racing happened obviously only came back into it maybe a month or two ago following covid uh, so i hadn't raced really for 18 months or so nearly um so i'm happy just to be at the track to be honest just happy to be blasting around and uh and seeing everyone again and hanging out with mates so yeah i'm happy cool so predictions for this weekend then top three um, or top five top five i'll be hoping for um matt dodd's coming to this one i think isn't he yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Doddy, I think, will be quick. Then you've got, uh, obviously, Tony Bishop's uh, quick with his. Brett Birch is quick. Uh, Charlie and Lewis are quick. So, um, yeah, really, I'll be happy with the top five. I'll aim for a podium, but top five, will be, I'll be happy with that. Nice. Nice. Right then, Chris, we've, um, we're coming out. We're coming, just ticking up to the hour, and we've still got quite a few subjects to go through. So let's do, your, let's do your podcast first, lads, the 300 podcast. You did the yeah. Tebow episode. Yes. And then uh, and then you disappeared. Are, you, are well, we going to get a comeback? I've been yes is the bottom line. Um, I've been speaking to Jared for quite a while before we did the episode, and um, I knew that it was something that we'd wanted to do. Um, and as 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 your listeners will know, the three hundred um, is is myself and Alex being silly basically for about forty five minutes, and we try to amuse people as best we can. Uh, in the community and talk about things and quizzes and all these sort of idiotic things that we do um it's it's definitely coming back um it's had a um i think the word would be a hiatus um because um alex obviously took some time away from from racing whilst everything's been happening with all the restrictions but now that he's creeping out of his uh out of his uh, uh cupboard and uh, he's uh, he's we, we've got something to talk about, really, because uh, otherwise it just turned into sort of like a fireside chat with myself and Alex just go. Well, <laughs> actually, no different to what it is. Yeah. Normally. I, I know what you mean, because <laughs> my, 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 the previous show I was and failed exactly the same way. <laughs> so, we, you know, yeah, we wanted to. We, it does have a focus about what's happening in the world of RC Absolutely, and what yeah. can we take the mickey out of. And there really wasn't anything to talk about. So we thought, well, we'll, we'll just leave it. And I, I'm not, well, I'm not one to, I'm quite a loyal person. It was that I wouldn't do it with anybody else. And I would wait for Alexander to Alexander. rear his head. Alexander to rear <laughs> his head. And, you know, to pick up on the David Brent jokes, Frey Bentos and, and all the rest of it. <laughs> As uh, as simply the best, <laughs> I can never listen to that record anymore. I cannot. When I have absolute eighties on in the car, and Tina Turner's simply the best, on, he's ruined that. You just think um, of those stonewashed jeans and that white T-shirt with the cap. Yeah, yeah, and the cap, and 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 like you know the the stereo that he plays, and then runs back in and tells him. Not yeah, to don't turn don't, it don't stop it. Don't stop don't it. Stop it. it. Leave it playing until get to the end. Record to say anymore. So yes, it is coming back. <laughs> We were very humbled by how many people asked. Um, it's uh, it, you know, it's, I used to laugh my, I used to laugh my um, back. I was going to say, I was say, I used to laugh my ass <laughs> off at those quizzes you used to do towards the end of the show. You know I what like I mean? To put, 
when I'd, you're asking Alex lo- about questions from the 80s before he was even born uh, yeah, which is brilliant, brilliant mate I don't, I, I don't uh, know the answers Pete yeah. this is this is why I select them the next the next uh, the next uh, podcast quiz will probably be on sort of like um you know decimal so it wouldn't be it would be non-decimal coinage from middle ages (laughs) or something um something that i would know about at my age and um i i I, i'm honestly genuinely delighted when people tell me like yourself that they enjoy it that's purely why we do it i i Exactly, we're making no money out of it, mate. It's just, just no, for fun. It's, you know. it's for fun. Um, we like to do a sort of make it a bit irreverent and humorous, silly. Some people will get it, some people won't get it. But the the the, the, the vast majority, um, certainly from the feedback I've had, just really like it and just they keep doing it because in the day, man, how many times are we driving somewhere at four o'clock in the morning? You know, you might need something to to have a bit of a laugh something light-hearted something on the way home from somewhere and that's why i think it's great you know they we'll come back we're definitely i've been speaking to uh the hayward about uh uh re rebooting what we're doing and coming back exactly the same as we were before so silly and quizzes and films and video games and rc and that's why it's great having uh, yourself it's uh, great having extra lap, and and I, I tend to more sort of obviously this is the UK based ones really, yeah, it's, and it's just really lovely to have you guys doing what you do, and uh, I appreciate it, and I'm glad other people like it too. You know, because Aidan asks me all the time uh, from the extra lap, speak to speak to Haywood when, when they're coming back, when, what what they're going to do, when, when's the 300 coming back. <laughs> You know, so it'd be great to, you know, I'm not going to say, right, I want a date or anything, but, you know, get get guests booked for a date and then there's no going back because, you know, we, we, yes. we, we want to see you do it because more RC podcasts, you know, th- th- there's that many out there now. There's, there's, room, there's room for you guys as well as you know. You know what I mean? And, you, and, you, see the, and yeah. you see the listening figures every week, mate. So you know how many people listen. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like yeah. you're playing to five people. You know, no, you, you, no, you, you no. get the figures every week. So anyway, I feel like I'm going on, but you've got to do it. You've, you've got to make a comeback. We, we will definitely guaranteed, won't we, Alex? Yeah, I mean, with the Tebow episode, we got what double figures? Did we in the end? On the listens, <laughs> eleven. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it did very, very, very well. Yeah. Um, um, you know, so, it's, uh, I can't complain. So do it. So do it. Uh, we will definitely be back. Yeah, and definitely. The, the very fact that we're here because you very kindly asked us, and I thought it'd be good fun to do something a little bit different as maybe people wouldn't expect it. Well, this is, um, this is the same thing. I got the push off Aiden there, dragged me on their podcast, and we're like, look, you're not getting away with this. You've got to start up here. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing, me and Chris are doing the same for you guys. You've got to come back. Yeah. And you've got to well, do it. Well, we, we will, definitely, yeah. guaranteed. And, uh, yeah, we'll be delighted uh, to to hopefully entertain. And uh, and we're, we're so pleased that people enjoy it. Definitely. Sweet. I'm looking forward to some more of a... Alex's photoshopping abilities. <laughs> See, I need to make a uh, reappearance on Facebook, don't I, for this, actually? Yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've been the victim of a few, mate, but they are... Uh, they are especially, when you, especially when you and uh, you and Richie Thorne were having your uh, little face, your little Facebook photoshop. Oh, there'll be a comeback, don't worry. Genuine Bowden and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right, OK. Well, yeah. Let's, let's, let's crack on with the famous questions then, Chris. Do you want to go for them? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about them. Um, okay, so I'll tell you what, we'll start with Pete. Right, so we have two questions every week. Um, okay. What is 
Oh, no, I've said that wrong. If you could go back and choose any car that you've had in the past, and tomorrow, out on a track, nice sun, perfect day, you've got Abe with you, what car would it be? Any car that I had in the past, so I had to yeah. own it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Not um, one I desperately wanted, but never had. Yeah. Um, well, you can. You can. I tell you what. You can you have can, one of each. You have can, one. You can have owned or driven. Want. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I could have mint ones today, um, I'd I'd love to have um, my old Procat back. Although I have got an XLS just across from me, uh, which isn't far away. And the car I never had and desperately wanted was the YZ10. Oh, the, yeah. Is that the original dogfighter? Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, I've, I've never had it, uh, but I, I have a very fond place in my heart for the Yokomo brand because of the YZ10 back then. Uh, was was so uh, was a bit of a bit of a legendary car, the old dogfighter. I think I had this. I have the same emotions when you look back at the pred. Oh uh, yes, yeah. And if you could go to any track in the world, what track would you go to? Any of the famous ones like Hoodie Arena? You know, oh. where would you like to go tomorrow? Dream track. Hmm. Uh, that's a really tough one to answer. Um. I think I'd, do you know what? Probably because I'd never get there. Uh, I'm going to give you two, actually, a cheating a bit here. I'd really like to see the, um, oh, do you know what? It's popped out of my head now. Um, the, 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 the Japanese arena. What's it called? Yatabi. 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 I'd yeah. love to go there. Um, I also, um, it's slightly different, but um, Campanu always looks nice. Oh, I've never been. Uh, but the Yatabi Arena, I'd like to see. Definitely. Nice. And how about yourself, Alexander? <laughs> favourite car and favourite track? Favourite car? I think this really just comes down to the era um, when I started and reading the magazines, much like Pete with uh, Drescher, um, being his, his icon. For me, as many people will know, that I run the Brian Kimwold Colours. Mm. So in terms of car, it would have to be the Triple X Kimwold Edition, complete with blue wheels. And it kind of goes with the era, era, really. When you're kind of that kind of age, 12, 11, 12, 13, and you read the magazines and you see these races going on in America, my dad used to buy me radio control car action every month when it came out from the local news agents. And um, uh, Minreg, I think is, it would be the track, you know, like a really kind of burnt orangey kind of clay yeah. Yeah. to it. And they used to have... Uh, well, oh, they've been Minrag actually, where I think they had the worlds. I can't remember the year they had the worlds there, where it's like white, kind of guttering uh, hoses. It's, it's a relatively small track, so it's a proper 10 scale uh, track, but with a red kind of clay um, dirt on there. And I think one year they had a, uh, a crossover, an actual crossover jump in the clay, which is quite cool. So either that track or I always wanted to go to, and I remember reading again the magazine articles and seeing Drescher there and seeing Neil Craig go, was the uh, Florida Winter Champs, the, the winter race they had every year in Florida. And then you see these guys racing there in the sun, with their sunglasses on and their shorts on, and it's in the middle of December or whenever it was in January. Uh, but again, that was on like an outdoor red clay track. So one of, one of those two tracks with a, a, a lossy triple X in the Kimball colours, that would be cool. 
Perfect, perfect. Right, boys, we've been going for well over an hour now, so what we're going to do is we're going to bid you farewell. But before we do, we'd like to know if you want to thank anyone, friends, family, sponsors, anyone like that. And we'll go with Pete first. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd love to. Uh, just, just one thing, I've just remembered. The Tamiya car I had that I souped up was a Manta Ray. <laughs> the only one we did say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'd like to thank, uh, thank my sponsors, which is um, Schumacher, LRP, New Concept, Trish Bits, THR, FF Racing, and Evolution Models. And just thanks to uh, you guys for having us on, uh, all the people who you know enjoy the podcasts, what we do, what you guys do, and uh, all the people who've helped and supported us up to this point for me and Abe and uh, look forward to seeing you all at the track. Many people we haven't seen in the Midwest and lots of friends that we've really missed. Nice one. Thanks, Pete. And how about yourself, Alex? Yeah, much the same as Pete. So everyone that kind of helps us out with, uh, uh, with everything we do, really. So for me, CML Distribution, um, looking enough to, to work for such a great company and obviously with a, a great colleague by my side. Cheers, mate. Um, so Potter so, is a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, Potter's a great guy, and obviously Keith and Wes as well in the office. Um, so yeah, thanks to CMR Distribution. Um, really, from a racing point of view, my dad, um, because to be honest, without the kind of uh, the help and, and the effort he put in taking me to all these places when I was younger, growing up, um, driving to Tiverton at three o'clock in the morning to go for a national for a Saturday, um, I wouldn't be racing today. So th- thanks to him, and obviously my mum as well. Um, and like Pete said, thanks to all our listeners on 300. And thanks to you guys for having us on. Really enjoy being on your show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, thanks very much. Perfect, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Thanks very much for coming on tonight. We'll see you tracks. Yeah. Thanks, nice guys. Cheers, Thank guys. You. Thank you very much. See ya. And they're gone. How about that? Like true podcast professionals. Yeah, mate. But actually, it was really enjoyable listening to Pete for a bit. I haven't had a chance to speak to Pete, like I say, with lockdown since. Well, yeah, I'm the same. I haven't seen him since Bruntenthorpe either. Yeah, so it's yeah. a, it's never a, never a chore to catch up with Pete, yeah. and obviously we see uh, the Haywood quite regular. Yeah, my, so. my work wife. Your work wife. Yeah, I get to look into his grey wolf eyes every morning. It's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, no, staring no, at the table. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Seriously, I do. So yeah, no. Uh, thanks for coming on, lads. Hopefully, you'll get up and running soon with your podcast. I'm, I'm not going to let it lie. I'm going to be on your case about it constantly, like just like Aiden did to me about getting this one going. So anyway, enough for them. Let's talk about the big hitters. Where did you go racing the weekend? I was at effectively my second home, Telford. Oh, of course, four wheel drive regional. For well, Super Cup or a Super Cup. Oh, sorry, regional. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we were there. Uh, a little bit of a diminished turnout, but not too bad. Still some quick guys there. Um, so had uh, Ben Pugh, Charlie, Doddy, a few others. Was it Good. diminished because a lot of the four-wheel drive people are doing trucks for, at the same meeting? or? Yeah, there was a few you people think? doing trucks at the same meeting. Um, there was also an e-buggy national and there was I believe there was another meeting of some description as well somewhere yeah. so yeah it was a little bit little bit low on numbers but still a fun enjoyable day a little bit wet in the morning dried up and it was that weird grip at Telford you know when it's rained but then it hasn't gone sunny and the sand's come up yeah and it's just like Christ this is high grip Oh, it was high grip. I thought you were about to oh, say stupid, you had no grip. Sorry, mate. Stupid, no, yeah. stupidly high. It was like driving on Velcro. 
It was uh, sounds like sounds like Michael Petit there. Yeah, yeah, you'd have, you'd have actually done all right, but you haven't got a four-wheel drive, so... Oh, no, no budget, mate. No, that's the big issue. No budget, that? yeah. yeah. Flat out, flat broke, mate, to, you know me. You need to speak to the gaffers at work so you can get a better sponsorship. Yeah, mate. don't work like that, mate. Yeah. yeah. Work harder, yeah. over time. There's only one um, person that gets free cars at CMA, and that's Keith. <laughs> I don't think he's had a free car for a couple of years. No, that's a lie. He didn't get free cars anymore. Nah, you just have to do some overtime then, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. When, when right. he was winning nationals, I think he was getting a, bit, a lot more help. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well Keith was there as well. Yeah. Speaking of quick, quick guys. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a good meeting. Well ran. Went through it pretty quick. It was still the three and three format, so bit of getting used to it. It is difficult, but it is what it is. Um, you know. Good so where, day. So where did you qualify? Uh, I qualified seventh in the B. Well done. So yeah, I was reasonably happy with it. Yeah. Um, I felt with the way the car was, I probably might have just scraped a couple of positions higher, yeah. qualification-wise, but nothing that had set. You know, I wasn't going to set the world alight and make yeah. the A. How many car? How many car races was it? Uh, nine car finals. Oh, so even if it had been ten car finals, you'd still be in the B. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. been in the That's B. Sweet. Okay. Ten car finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a down to how many cars were in it kind of thing yeah um yeah so first leg i've got to say it's the first time i've driven the a driven a four-wheel drive since the last national and b it's the first time i've driven the new ish 74.1 so what what was that like compared to the old car oh mate it's like night and day yeah it is honestly like night and day it doesn't the 74.1 had a habit and a tendency. You'd go around 10 laps and you'd do exactly the same line every time, exactly the same throttle, exactly the same steering angle and lock. And then the 11th time, it'd just go, oh, actually, no, I don't like that, and spit itself off. It, yeah. was, it had these unpredictable tendencies. It really did. Um, but obviously, our mate Kurt, he's been working on it, made some changes, We've got the point one. Honestly, I was like, oh, I know what the X-ray boys have been on about now for the last three years. <laughs> this is this is quite comfortable. This is driving a four-wheel drive doesn't have to be edgy and a chore. This yeah. is nice. You know, it was the first time I've actually relaxed driving a four-wheel drive. Um, yeah, so started seventh on the grid, first leg, drove through to second, so finished second. Second leg drove through to third and finished third, and another second in the third leg. So a two and a two gave me a second overall. Uh, Tom Phipps had a a one and a two, so he just pipped pipped me to that. But yeah, yeah he drove well all all weekend as well. So no no qualms about where I finished. You know, quite happy with the result. Nice one, mate. Nice one. So, you all set for the Truck National this weekend, then? Car, uh, no. car, cars already? No. Been working on the GTRC podcast race van instead? Yes. And, <laughs> um, just various things. I started a, a new job last week, so I've had to put a, a fair bit of effort into that. So, yeah. Yeah, um, nice, I'm hoping that uh, tomorrow night will be a strip and a rip down on the on the truck and get it done it needs it really it's 
it's seen a bit of dis, dis, not dis maintenance, but you know what I mean. It needs, you need, it needs you a, need a jolly good thrashing. It needs a tender, it needs some tender love and care. Yeah, oh, class, and mate. Hopefully, if I give it some, it'll treat me well the weekend. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, it should be good, mate. It should be good. You're gonna make top five with Alexander and Charlie and all them lot. Oh, I don't think so, mate. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at the you look at the names that are going, okay, we might have ten car finals, but you've got um, Matt Dodd, Tony Bishop, Charlie Saunders, Alex Haywood, Brett Birch, Eugene um, Galley. <laughs> I don't know if Eugene's at this one. I don't okay. know. Hopefully. So, uh, the word on the street is that Keith's coming as well, mate. The word on the street that Keith's coming. Yeah. Is Rob. Has Robbo got a T6? Yeah, of course he has. I don't know. Has he's got they? a T6, mate. He's got some, you know, Keith. He's got some. I think he's going to run um, a GT2 Nitro truck that's converted to electric. It wouldn't surprise me if he TQ'd with it. You know what he's like. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you have a, yeah. So, you'll, we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I might finally get that well done off him if I beat him. No, nah, you won't, mate. You won't, you won't. <laughs> well, no, he promised me if I beat him, I get a well done. Yeah, we'll see. So Hopefully. the ever supportive Keith Robertson giving you a yeah, well done yeah. is your mission in life. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now you know, like, like Pete was saying, he wants to be the oldest F1. Yeah. To get it first time, and Alex was like, "You just want approval. You, know, you just want approval from Keith from CML." I just, I just want the <laughs> approval. You know what? I'd settle for a well done, but a handshake and like bring tears to my eyes <laughs> class mate class so, so yeah. we'll see we've got All that right. and then the Zoom series the week after yeah that um, should be good um, I saw a post on Facebook earlier that they've two or drives full with reserves for the Saturday yes. and the Sunday they've got 14 spaces left for four wheel drive yeah. so if anyone's listening there is spaces for four wheel drive at Telford on the Sunday on, I thought that would be the yeah. 3rd of July if yeah. you want a space as, as you'll see the camping at Telford is free yeah. the gates open at midday so yeah. please um, don't turn up before midday yeah um, because it's me that it's me that's stood there at midday parking people and pitting people yeah. up so the gates aren't opening and, before you, can, and you cannot stop on the road outside oh no so you would crap. have to go down the road and come back and yeah, if you are early i would recommend just going about a mile down into down the A1, mile two, mile down, and there's like a little service station area with like a Mackey's and a, a Greg's and a Spa and that. Wait down there, guys, because that the A that A41 it's a death trap. So yeah, and Muzzer said specifically on the Facebook page, if you want a space, do not message him. Book in on the online form. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that as well. That should be good. It'll be the first big big meeting for Bruce as well. Yeah, I suppose easy, you're easy. going to want me to save you a position under the gazebo you know, absolutely as well. mate yeah team team yeah. gazebo buddy yeah team we'll gazebo sure, we'll make sure you're you know down at the end somewhere yeah. where cool um, so yeah I and so I'm looking forward to that I went to Kidderminster on Saturday for practice I spent the morning there Oh, this was your uh, your practice and some training with Bruce wasn't it yeah 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 we didn't do much yeah. training in the end we just drove around um, yeah. he, he was he, he, when we got up he, I could see he was tired and he didn't really need me trying to make him do stuff so we just drove laps you know yeah. um, and we flattened all the batteries I charged a couple more but to be honest mate we were done 11 we got there half past 8 we were done by 11 um, yeah. not that we'd had enough but we'd, we'd had enough if you know what I mean yeah uh, was, he, um, was he driving better yeah he was getting around alright I, I stood He's him on, I, we, we tried we, all we, the only thing we tried we stood him on some different places on the rostrum 
um, just yeah. so we could, you know, just so we could see what he thought like, you know. Um, we used the same tyres we used at, Kid, at Coventry, Re- Coventry Region the other week, the weekend before. Yeah. Um, and the grip of Kitty was through the roof. You're using the mezzos then? Yeah, 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 yeah. We used the mezzos, we used it, it there, and we didn't put any, anything else on, and the grip was absolutely mind blowing. I don't know if you could had a bit of rain or whatever, but from from the time we got there to the time we left, the cars were just, my car just felt alive. It felt so yeah. nice. I'm so finding nice. I'm actually liking the mezzo more and more. When it first came out, oh, yeah. I'm not saying it was bad, but I really struggled with it. And I think it was just because I hadn't made the adjustments for the tyre. Yeah. Well, I say I hadn't made the adjustments. I hadn't got Jamie's re- most recent setup yet. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same, really, because we left early. We left. We, I think we, we were well on the way back and locked the gates by half past 11. And then on the afternoon, I saw Craggy put a post up saying that he was he there was with there, his dad. There, and I was yeah. like, man, no, we've been there with the world champion. Bruce, get in the car. Bruce, get in the car. Yeah. I've been like, Bruce, talk, talk, talk to Mick. Talk to Mick. Talk to Mick. <laughs> Yeah. Get some tires off him. Get some tires with the off. Get him. You yeah, know. Smile. But yeah, so no, we had, we had a good, we had we had a nice little morning. Had a, had a Mac is on the way there, um, and it was all right, mate. It was all right. So you're getting, we're getting him slowly into this race day Mackie's breakfast, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So it was all right. It was, it was all right, mate. And then, um, yeah, I've been I've been building a little model plane. I don't know if I told you about this off air. I'm building oh, yes, a, a balsam balsam model 400 mil p51 spitfire uh, p51 spitfire p51 mustang that looks like a spitfire basically you know, where the ribs are like thinner than a matchstick yeah the the, the actual spars that run down it are like a mill so it's it's a real labor of love real labor of love how are you uh, getting on with you doing that with your sausage fingers yeah it's all right mate. just taking my time Take what I'm taking my time. Pete's making me take my time. As I say, um, you've been doing it for nearly a month now. I know, so yeah. You are really taking your time. I know, yeah. Well, Warzone takes over, and you know, I'm only doing an hour or two a night, so yeah. can't rush these things, mate. Can't rush these things. You know, the thing is, Chris, I've been saying this before. You know, I always moan about money and things costing stuff. Every time I build an RC car or have a project on, as I call them, they cost me like six, six seven hundred quid. You know, by the time you put a speedo in it and bought the kit and. I don't know, set of nice shocks and this bulkhead and whatever, body and, you know, body right. paint. So, so but you know, next These little bolsa models, they're, cause they're like 30 quid. So, yeah, but you know, next time... And they take forever. say to you, Russ, you're going to get a truck and come and run a truck. And you go, no money in the budget, mate. Yeah. I want to remind you about all these £700 projects. Well, exactly. That's why That's why I, I need to knock it on the head, mate. It's just ridiculous. This drag, I built that drag car. That cost about that sort of money. I've run it once. I've literally driven it down the street once. <laughs> it's got a two hundred pound speaking trailer in it, Chris. A, you know yeah. what I mean? It's got a, it's got a, it's got a receiver in it. You know, it's just mental, mate. So, but anyway, it's all fun, isn't it? You know, we hate to be vulgar and discuss money, but things can get a bit silly because I never sell anything, do I? You know what I mean? He who dies with the most toys wins. So, yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, so I'm enjoying building this plane, and I've, got, I've actually bought a couple more to build afterwards. So. Yeah, and then I'm, we're at Kitty again this Sunday for the for the summer series. All oh, right, okay, yeah. So that should be good. I think I might be able to sneak into the A final again and do nothing. Well, the, <laughs> who's going to be? I don't know. I don't know okay. what big meetings are on this week that would drive drag the upper echelon of drivers away and just leave you well, to try and make the A. Trucks, that's it. Is that all there is? The trucks? Well, that's the only thing I can think of who would drag people away from Kiddy, really. You know? Yeah, but what is there eighth meetings on? Is there an eighth national? Is there... 
Is it the eighth national this weekend? Uh, actually? No, I don't. I don't it know. might be. Yeah, I think it is. There's an eighth yeah. national. You know, being professional podcasters, we really should research this stuff no, before we start just, talking I've, about it at I've the end of the show. Yeah. I've just double checked and confirmed on the eighth group from Associated, and it yeah. is, yeah. And you know who's making an appearance at the eighth national as a mechanic? Craig. Drescher. Who's he picking for in the halls? No, I don't. I can't remember. I didn't Craig see. goes to all the eighth nationals there, mate. He always does done. He's there, he's pitting, he's hope, getting his hands dirty. I hope he's renewed his BRCA licence if he's pitting. He's getting his, uh, he's getting his hands dirty, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. His manicurist's really going to be upset <laughs> with him when he gets out. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. So you're you're doing trucks. I'm doing Killing Mr. Summer Series with Bruce as long as you behave yourself for the next two days of school. Um, yeah. Which he has been doing, to be fair. I don't know why I'll say this. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. We've had a, we had a decent show tonight, mate. The guests, the guests have been epic, so shall we look at knocking it on the head? Oh, yeah. We might as well, mate. Well, you thank the sponsors then, buddy. Okay. That's thank you to Schumacher Racing, all the guys up there. I did have a chance to have a look at Tony Bishop's new LD2. Quite a nice-looking bit of kit, to be fair there, Russ. Sweet. And, uh, of course, thank you to the guys at CML and all that they do. And... I managed to have a look at my own B74.1 the weekend, Russ. And that was a nice bit of kit as well. So Perfect. Nice. Right then, guys. I'll do the, the final flamboyant bit. Guys, thank you very much for getting involved with what we do every week on this car crash of a podcast. We really should do some more research before we start talking about stuff at the end, but I'm sure we'll get there one day. Don't forget to like and share this podcast. Don't forget to like and share all the podcasts, um, the Extra Lap, the 300, the No Name Podcast. Get the love out there for podcasting. If you want to have a go at doing a podcast, give me a shout or give Aidan a shout. We'll show you the easy ways to do it. If you want to talk rubbish every week, every month with your mates, it's really simple. We can get you going. Just come and have a chat Have a chat with us and we'll sort you out. Don't forget to like and share to get into the Christmas draw um, for our prizes at Christmas with our Christmas host, Christmas Barton. And... We will see you very, very soon, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. So, I've got a, we have got a guest book for next week, Chris. How about that? So professional. I know. So, so ahead of. So ahead of. Just uh, there, me. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. well, mate. Good luck the weekend. I'll see you next week. See you later, mate. Drive safe.